The second reading is taken from John chapter 13, verses 12 to 17, and you can find it on page 1081 of your Bibles. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. So, we are in our third uh, sermon in our series on the life of Joseph and particularly his, uh, his ministry at work. So we're exploring over the summer um, witness at work uh, through the various different aspects of our life at work. Just want to, uh, before we begin, remind you of uh, an important thing that uh, Stephen Dawson said in our first sermon, which is that uh, this is not just about employed work, although we are focusing on that uh, in this uh, sermon series. But the things that we're saying, the things that we're exploring, apply to us whatever situation we're in, whether, uh, whether we um, work for pay or not. But somewhere, we will be giving an effort and energy to make the world a different place, whether that's in our home or in our neighborhood uh, or in our hobbies and clubs or at church or in the workplace. So whatever your situation is, what I'm saying this morning applies to you, particularly uh, you'll, you'll see as we come to the uh, second uh, reading, uh, Jesus is speaking to us, all of us, in every situation as followers of his. But of course, uh, the first reading was particularly focused on uh, the rather unpleasant and difficult circumstances of Joseph's workplace. So let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Joseph and all the different extraordinary and uh, dramatic and, uh, uh, and uh, difficult and challenging uh, workplace scenarios that he encountered and negotiated for you. We thank you for the ways in which you uh, gave him courage and strength and ability and attentiveness and faithfulness that enabled him to be such a powerful witness to you in his workplace. We pray for ourselves that you would speak to us this morning through me. By your spirit, you would open our ears to hear what you want to say to us about our own places of work and that you would open our hearts to respond to you, filling us with your spirit that we might, we might have the courage to look like you in our place of work. We can't do it without you. Holy, Heavenly Father, 
through the inspiration of your Son, our Saviour, and by the power of your Spirit at work in us. So please, draw us close to you this morning, that we might be closer to you throughout the week. Amen. Let me start with a little office fable. A crow was sitting very high up in a tree, doing nothing all day. A rabbit came along and saw the crow doing nothing and said to the crow, that looks fun, can I do that too? The crow said, why not? So the rabbit sat at the bottom of the tree doing nothing, idly passing the day. Then a fox came along, saw the rabbit doing nothing at the bottom of the tree, jumped on it, killed it, and ate it. The moral of the story, if you want to do nothing all day, you have to be sitting very, very high up. <laughs> Many people think that work is about getting fulfillment, or it's about getting the rewards and the power and pleasure that come from work, like the fox and the crow did. But the Bible has a completely different perspective on work. At the very beginning, God gave mankind work to do. Not to fulfill him or to reward him, but so that he could be in partnership with God. By naming the animals, by tending the garden, by becoming the steward of the world's resources, mankind joined God in the joy and the privilege and the fellowship of creating. Which is why we put such a strong emphasis on people in church being part of ministry teams. Because in the teams, we draw together the joy and the fellowship of together being part of what God is doing. Towards the end of the Bible, Paul encourages the Colossians. In Colossians 3, he says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as serving the Lord and not people, because it is Christ the Lord whom you are serving. So work isn't about us. It's not about what we can get out of it. It's so that we can come closer to Jesus and by blessing others that we can show him to them. In our work, we offer the witness of our service. And this is one of the core lessons that Joseph learnt despite the dreadful experiences that he had in the workplace as a young man. Brought up as the favourite son, he was, it is true, a most irritating younger brother. Truly irritating. Nevertheless, he did make clumsy attempts to serve his older brothers. But you'll remember he was met with rejection, betrayal, and slavery. And then the same happened all over again with Potiphar. Joseph gave him the best of his labor, his most creative, energetic, faithful service. Even as we were hearing last week, stoutly defending his master's honor. And yet, 
Potiphar rewarded Joseph's zealous and faithful service with a life sentence. It wouldn't be at all surprising to us if Joseph had become resentful, vindictive, self-seeking, demanding. Yet at each point throughout his life and his work, we see Joseph ready to serve others. He serves his father, setting off to see if his brothers are okay. He serves Potiphar, ably and energetically and loyally, and the household of Potiphar flourishes under him. He serves the jailer calmly and competently, and the jail flourishes too. So today's passage gives us a glimpse of Joseph at work and teaches us a few significant lessons about the witness of service at work. Here they are. Firstly, going up on the screen behind me, I hope. Firstly, Joseph follows instructions uncomplainingly. You never ever hear Joseph grumble, although God knows he had enough to do so, plenty of cause. From a manager's point of view, that, you know, is such a blessing. It's such hard work to ask somebody to do something and know in advance that you're going to get a tirade from them about how busy they are, how much work they've got to do, how hard it all is, and you're only asking them to do their job. What a blessing to have somebody say to you as you ask them to do something cheerfully right away. Barriers start to come down immediately, don't they? So here is Joseph's first lesson to us. Do what you're asked to do promptly, without complaining, and to the best of your ability. Secondly, Joseph is willing to help out below his current perceived status. Just because these two new inmates were court officials doesn't mean that they are high-status prisoners. The higher you are, the lower you fall. But Joseph has a servant heart. If a job needs doing, he'll do it. Are you that kind of person? Are you someone who makes tea for everyone? Or do you always let others make it for you? More to the point, do you ever wash the coffee cups afterwards and clean up the sticky mess on the floor? I tell you, it's not sucking up to the boss if you do it for everyone else as well, and indeed, anyone without status. Remember, Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve. If you want to look like Jesus, you're going to need to roll up your sleeves and get stuck in and serve others. including, or especially, the people who don't make life easy for you. Make tea for the bully as well as the others. See what needs to be done and do it. Thirdly, when Joseph is put in charge of the new prisoners, he doesn't bully them or lord it over them or coerce them into his gang. He attends them. It's a really interesting word that's used. Joseph attends them. It's a servant word. He saw how he could help them 
settle in and cope with their dreadful, appalling new situation. He used his experience of entering that same dreadful, appalling situation so that he could bless them, encourage them, and help them to thrive in their new context. When were you last in a new place, in a new job, or a new neighborhood, or a new church, or a new club? Do you remember, was there somebody who helped you to settle in? Perhaps it, they were allocated to you, perhaps it was their job, or perhaps they were just the person sitting at the next desk who took it on themselves to introduce you, to uh, explain things to you, to help you settle in, to invite you to drinks after work. If you've had that experience, you will remember just how significant it is. When you're new somewhere, you need knowledge. You need introductions. You need support. You need encouragement. And those things are in short supply when you're new. Someone who notices you and who offers these things to you are very precious to you. They are literally God's gift to you. They are Theodore, God's gift to you at that moment. So if you want to be a witness to Jesus in your work situation or in your block of flats or in church, if you want people to see Jesus at work in you, then look after the newcomers. Newcomers, See who is new sitting around you and look after them. So if you're new here today, I hope that you will get at least six or seven invitations to coffee after the service. If you don't, tell me about it and I'll give them a hard time next week. <laughs> Fourthly, Joseph notices the downcast. By this time, the baker, the baker and the butler, sounds a bit like a packet of cigarettes, doesn't it? Baker and butler, they're not newbies anymore. They're now uh, well-acclimatized, competent jail dwellers. But one day, they're downcast. And Joseph notices. Some days are great, aren't they? You're just firing on all cylinders, everything goes well. And some days are bad. They start off bad and they get worse. Sometimes the days you arrive at work already reeling from the news that you have just heard. Sad and bad news on, on your WhatsApp. The world carries on its sunny way, but you are walking in a personal rain cloud. Does someone like Joseph notice you at that moment? that you are downcast. What a difference that makes. When life is really glum, we need somebody to notice us and to encourage us and to care for us and to remind us that God always notices us and always cares for us. So if you want to be a witness to Jesus at work, Watch out for the downcast. Fifthly, 
Joseph offers to help. Now, I know that trying to fix things is reputedly a man's problem. Apparently, so I'm told, women don't need their, th- their problems fixing for them. What they want is to be able to share their problems with their men and, and just have them listen, and then they will fix their problems in their own time, in their own way. Apparently. Well, it has to be said that just occasionally, whatever women may think, there are some problems that we can't fix. And we need other people to help us to do that. But anyway, whether that's true or not for women, it's certainly true for men, and these were men. And if they were asking for help, they clearly needed it, because they wouldn't have been asking otherwise. So here is Joseph hearing a cry for help and finding out how he can do so. If someone really needs, if somebody doesn't need help, it is very irritating, isn't it? When you, when you, um, when you tell them what you're doing and, and they offer you some, uh, some advice and then they take the job away from you and do it, your, do it themselves. That is very annoying. But if you can find a way of helping somebody who really needs help, and you can do it in such a way that you don't diminish them or leave them in your debt, then you have discovered a new way of being Jesus to that person. Help those who are stuck. And finally, sixthly, Joseph isn't afraid to bring God into it. Yes, true, actions speak louder than words, and service is itself a witness, but words explain action, and without them our witness is not clear. You may think, well, it's all very well for you, Mike, you're surrounded with with Christians, you can bring God into it all the time. That is true, but think of Joseph. Joseph's colleagues were not believers. He was the only believer in God in his whole context. The butler and the baker were Egyptian officials. They worshipped a plethora of gods. But Joseph was ready and willing to share his faith with them in his work context. Joseph was equally courageous in sharing his faith values with the boss's wife when she was really pushing the boundaries as we were hearing last week. It takes a lot of courage, but sometimes we have to say, you may want me to do this, but I'm a Christian, and I'm afraid I can't. But sometimes we get to say, you may think that's not possible, but I follow a God who can do the impossible. Let me pray for you. So remember to bring Jesus into it. Do you want to be an authentic witness to God? Then you're going to need to be ready and willing to imitate Jesus as he took up a towel and did what no rabbi ever did, wash his own disciples' feet. Humbling ourselves to serve others shouldn't be so hard, should it? Because 
Jesus has already humbled himself to wash our feet too. Jesus said this, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. So here are six practical lessons to help us don our towels at work and offer our service in witness to Jesus. Do what you're asked without complaining. See what needs to be done and do it. Look after the newcomers. Watch out for the downcast. Help those who are stuck. Remember to bring Jesus into it. It was because Joseph was able to learn these difficult lessons, how to serve, how to stay faithful, how to forgive, in the most unbelievably difficult work situation, that God was able to trust him to serve a nation and a whole global region when it was in peril, to rescue his family and to change the whole behavior of God's chosen people. It was because he learned how to serve that God could make him a witness 2,000 years in advance of the Christ who would come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for all. Do you too want to be a witness to Jesus in your place of work, in your neighborhood, in your home. Well, like Jesus, like Joseph, you need to learn how to serve. If you know these things, Jesus said, you will be blessed if you do them. Shall we pray? Jesus, by your spirit, millennia in advance, you inspired the heart of Joseph with your own servant-heartedness and taught him how to go on relentlessly serving faithfully and warmly and caringly in the midst of so many struggles. We pray that you would encourage, inspire us to this coming week to serve those we encounter whether or not they are pleasant to us whether or not it's part of our job description or our, our status level may we remember that you the Lord of all made yourself a servant to us so may we as your servants make ourselves that most glorious of all status a servant of yours to others for your glory. And then, Lord, would you witness through us in ways we cannot predict and could not believe. Amen.